This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What's up everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Only Friends Podcast, the echo chamber you've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Today we brought in a special guest Today to be... Today we brought in a special guest to... <laughs> See what you did. There. Today we brought in a special guest. <laughs> See what you did there. See what you did there. Uh, yeah. We got we got Hanks in here. He's gonna try to try to bust up the monotony. Disagree with everything I have to say. It's not true. See, yep. see how you guys enjoy <laughs> that. All right. Uh, well, nothing happened. We don't really have anything to talk about. He's here to destroy the echo chamber. That's right. <laughs> I just think that. You guys could use a little different perspective. Yeah, that's fine. That's all. We're here for yours, buddy. We 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 are here for it. And uh, unfortunately, it's been a really slow uh, (laughs) news cycle. Nothing going on. Not a whole lot going on in the poker space. Just quiet. All's quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. All is quiet on the Western Front. I haven't heard too much chirping out of. uh, What's going on in LA? Out of the Airballer G camp. Where uh where where are the videos? Did my drug dealer? Did he shut them up? Mm. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I mean, are, are they still doing their their podcast? I'm not kidding. We played a clip. Uh, we played a clip last week. I truly think we saw the end of Airbology as a as a trio on high stakes poker. Like the final thirty minutes or so, there was a point where we were trying to keep the game going, and Airball goes, Lynn will play. And she kind of just was like muttering, like, oh, I don't know. And, and you go, and she goes, or sorry, Airball goes, I'm your boss. You'll fucking play or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, good luck with that, buddy. And as soon as I saw the response, like somebody took a still frame of my face. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I've seen this interaction uh, before. I know how this ends. Mm-hmm. This is not going to go well for the Linji Airballer camp. We might just see, uh, just it, it might just be Airballa moving It was a forward. good run. Yeah, it was a good run. Six videos, you know, I think they they peaked at like 3,000 views. God bless. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. That's amazing. Oh, <laughs> that, that is incredible. Wow, what a steal. Well, that'll be a thumbnail. I can promise you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't even have to work on that one. You yeah. just I, I didn't have to do on much it. work on, on today's either. No, just, uh, no, just put the head on Ferris Bueller's uh, body. Yeah, superimposed air ball. He took a day off. Brian. He did. Yeah, I uh, I saw that yesterday. So what? What do you suppose the reason is for that? Oh, you know, he, actually, he did, for, for the record, he did not give a reason, right? He did not, but I know the reason. Oh, yes. Uh, it, it's, it's, not, it's not what you, well, it might be what you think. <laughs> um, my man's out of, he's out of cash. Mm. He, ran, he ran a little dry. But didn't I see a tweet that he was just going to play a bigger game? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <clears throat> probably not true. I heard he was at the HCL 1-3 meetup yesterday, so <laughs> uh, I don't think. Is that true? Or did you make that up? No, I'm pretty confident that's actually true. Whoa. Uh, I, I mean, I could be wrong. I could be off. But the, the Twitter sphere hasn't led me astray thus far. Yeah. Some people in the HCL camp said that uh, they, they were looking forward to having him yesterday for the meetup game. What do you think the likelihood is of him just outright quitting now? Well, it would be costly. He's currently down 669000 So it would cost him 231 k to quit. No, 
331k. Because it's got to be a million. It costs them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait. Oh, because if you quit before those hours, a million? Those hours are not counted. We're making those up. So him paying 10k to take a day off does not take six and a half hours off the total. Oh, I don't think he can't I, just he can't just like bleed his way out. Oh, so he can't just like oh, pay. I, I negotiated pay that. The second I heard that he had a bunch of side action, mm-hmm. I immediately went to the chat and I was like, "Hey, uh, to be clear, if you pay for time off, even if it's like you know an additional thirty minutes in a match or whatever, we should have to make that time up because I don't want a scenario where he's up a hundred thousand and just pays like eighty k to get out of this oh, match, right?" Right, you know, right. Like I want to, I want, I want my fucking edge. I want to play this guy out. You want the full million. I want the full Monty baby. With the full million with the full hours. Yeah. I either want the full million or the full hundred hours or, you know, whatever is going to allow me to take as much money. You, you realize this guy was negotiating 200 more hours and higher stakes. And here he is. Why, Duck- uh, why, why didn't you accept? I would accept without the i don't want 200 hours man it's a lot of time i i just it's the commitment of the exact having to play at this exact time like if it was Uh, more of i just want i I just want it to be like any other cash game right you know we can just play forever i'll take indefinitely right like i don't want 200 hours right i want indefinitely i'll give you action you give me action if at some point you decide it's not a good spot for you anymore you're welcome to stop and vice versa that's the way cash works. He will never play you for one second after this match is over. I agree. Yeah. I agree. We'll no, never play no, another no, hand. No, never again. No shot. Right. No shot we ever play another hand unless he comes and wants to get in the Bellagio game, which is so nice because like he thinks that like... Oh, he he'll co- play you in a ring game. Well, like he thinks course, when he comes I, here that yeah. like, you know, he's, he's the big bad pro who's like coming into a soft environment. Little does he know, he's my VIP and I get into the main <laughs> game whenever he's here. <laughs> well, he knows now. <laughs> You know, yeah. Um, so he just said, taking the day off. That's it. So here's your 10k. So here's the actual. Here's the actual truth behind it. I know I'm memeing a lot, but there there is some uh, level of truth here, and I can actually, uh, I can actually empathize with him a little bit because I've run into the spot a lot, and it's not fun. But you know, he should be a little bit more prepared as well. Um, about an hour before the match started, and I didn't see it until after they had already canceled. But about an hour after the match had started. Uh, I'm in a bunch of these like crypto OTC chats where people are swapping currencies. Uh, OTC stands for over the counter, I I believe anyway. Um, and uh, after the match had been canceled, I just happened to see there were a bunch of notifications in the one chat that I'm in, so I go and look, and sure as shit, Lynn is trying to get three hundred thousand cash in Vegas an hour before the match starts. So it appears as though my man was a little shy on liquidity, uh, which makes sense because at peak, when I was up like 430 last session, he only had like 225 left in front of him and seemed to be tapped. Uh, You know, the guy claims he was going to cover me the entire match. This is no joke. I've had him covered for probably 75 to 80% of the entire match. The only day that he had me covered start to finish was the day that he bought in for a million two. That was it. But hold on. When we finished filming High Stakes Poker, mm-hmm. he had about eight hundred, almost $900,000. Sure. What happened to, well, to all that? I mean, where did that money go? I imagine a little Baccarat 
between the match <laughs> and then the heads up. Is he, uh, Kick him he, the day off. Bro. Does he does he dabble in the uh, the pits? I think he's in the dark arts. Yeah, mm. uh, the negative edge games. Well, I like a, I like a negative edge game myself. Probably losing less video, at video poker. I I mess around with the uh, the twenty five cent. Oh uh, yeah, five five credits. You know, he's almost definitely buck twenty five a pull. Goddamn right. <laughs> he's almost definitely losing less at baccarat than at heads up no limit. <laughs> well, I mean certainly tough to lose. 10K, it's not even 10K close. No. You beat him out of 300 on, on that day, and he had two. So somewhere, yeah. so somewhere he lost around two or three hundred thousand. We don't yeah. know. I mean, before that's the match speculation, start. it could be. Assume if he's, ta I, I would, if he's tapped, is that? I, I would assume yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, okay. it, it would appear to be that way, uh, unless he lost more than we realized in high stakes poker. But yeah, I, I counted the same as you. I thought he was down like 150. Yeah, two ish maybe. I mean, he was no. drunk. The chips could have just fell out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger, no, very true. You should go. Hey, actually, next time you're at the studio, you should look around on the floor. You might find a few. I'm going uh, right. I'm going yeah, there as soon as we finish. It was, it was especially yeah. sweet because uh, when I saw that, and I realized that was probably the reason we weren't playing. Although, uh, to be clear, he tried to take last Monday off after a Sunday beatdown as well. So I do think a lot of this has to do with mentally, uh, you know, getting back into it. Uh, I'm sure that like the 10k penalty for him is well worth every price or every, every dollar that he's spending in order to have a full week to recover. But mm -hmm. uh, when I realized that it might just be a liquidity issue and this was just so incredibly sweet to me after being accused of not being able to actually have the funds and them accusing me of free rolling their side because I don't even have a million and you know there's some random drug dealer off in the dark corners of Las Vegas who bought my action but didn't actually put the money down, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> uh, I just sent the text and said, hey, in the future, if like last minute you guys need extra cash, I could probably swap for you, you know? It's cheaper than... Wait, you responded in that chat? Not in the OTC, in, oh, in, oh. Our, in our heads up chat. Okay, yeah. Because I saw that, you know, they, they were clearly trying to swap, right. uh, you know, cash for No response there? Nah, no, 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 no response. Well, Lynn just said thank you. And then uh, Airball, like minutes later, types, you must think I'm a huge whale and instantly deletes it. <laughs> I just replied with a big whale emoji. It's like, yeah, I think you're a huge whale, man. Like, what are we talking about? Of course, I think you're a huge whale. You suck. Wow. All right. So, yeah, that's where we're at now. We get another week. Uh,. I think I, I think he's gonna have to change his name from from Airball to to Duckball or now. Would you ever play lines. a longer set? It's just ten hours. Straight. I ask him to keep playing every single session. Right. I, I would love to extend these sessions. Just get it, get it over with. It's not even about getting it wow. over with. He is just in no frame of mind to keep playing poker. That's true too. I mean, well, that's, I guess I guess when you're up three hundred. Fifty thousand. Honestly, even the days I'm down, yeah. I'm begging him to continue to play. Like he's he's checked out by about minute forty five. <laughs> so it's like, I, I mean, he's on his phone literally the entire. Imagine not being good at something and not being engaged. on your phone twenty four yeah. seven while you're playing another man one on one who's better than you at the thing that you're not good at. Like you're drawing fucking dead, man. Like let's let's speed this thing up. If <laughs> whatever. Uh, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give any advice to his corner. But um, the, the sooner this thing ends, as far as I'm concerned, the better. It, it'll be nice never to. Would you ever anyway. agree to a buyout of say? What if they offered you, Burke? We'll give you a hundred k right now. No. Let's just end it. No shot. Do you want? Wow. If they bought really? out for the gap between now and a million, I would have no choice but to accept. But like outside of that, I wouldn't accept a penny less. 
There's just no way. So they only buy out us two hundred and thirty-one thousand or whatever that whatever Three, that three thirty-one. Yeah. Three thirty-one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be the only way. Two hundred. No. Yeah, you no would shot. take two hundred. No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't take two hundred. Absolutely not. We still have forty-five hours left. Forty-five hours. So well, you're, that, th- you're that, thinking? Yeah, but right. But that's that's. Uh, I think that, he can lose right, way taking, more than right, three hundred and thirty. Right. That's taking into account that he that he doesn't quit as soon as he gets to a million. Well, no, it's not. It's just taking into account that that's an option. Right. Sure. Yeah. But even even if he were to quit every single time that he got to a million, uh, you know, now we're talking about like so I only what, have to get to the million the third of the time. For if you knew for certainty that play. he was going to quit at a million, mm-hmm. but he was also open to ending it right now, he'd give you two hundred k more. You would you wouldn't take? I, it? I would still say no. You're saying that there's like no world. Well, like a very, very, very low chance that you don't take at least a million off. Uh, well, I'm not saying that it's a low chance. I'm just saying I think it's at least 33%. And the number that you're giving me, it would only have to be like, what, 25 or 27%? 200,000 of, oh, oh, of never three. Mind. Of three thir- I was 30, thinking, yeah. In my head, I was thinking 200,000 of 231. Right, right. You would yeah. take three hundred thousand. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, I'll yeah, give yeah. you a thirty k break. Right, like, right, right, right. Two fifty. Okay. Yeah. In my in my head, I was thinking you were, you were you were going to keep playing to make the extra thirty one thousand. It's one hundred thirty one. I mean, people chop different. tournaments all the time with a slight chip lead and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, there's got to be a, a there, fair. There's price definitely there. a fair price, um, but I also don't think that this ends at a million. Like he has a lot on the side that he's probably risking. Yeah. So you know, it's it's. Uh, it's not like he just loses the million. He loses a million plus one way or the other. And if he does think that his edge, if he thinks he's just getting unlucky, you know, like he's going to want to keep playing and uh, hope the variant smooths itself out. I, uh, I agree, man. Really fucking unlucky, you know, some brutal spots here. I think that, uh, you know, if I don't drill this straight on the river or, you know, make a couple hands here and there, this thing's probably fucking even. Or get every bluff through. I haven't bluffed yet this this match. What That's are you talking about? No, 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 yeah, no, no, just no. I'm blue lining him to death, mm-hmm. guys. Just every every showdown. Just running hot. Yeah, running fucking hot. Let's you know what? Let's just play. Uh, let's hop on a slow boat to China, and we'll we'll just play the whole way there. <laughs> Turn right around and come back. <laughs> my oh my! Until one of us has it all. Uh, I saw JMO <laughs> replied. I think it was to. I think Deeb quote tweeted Airball saying he was going to a bigger game and uh i have never agreed with jmo on on anything to be quite honest but i thought this was pretty funny he replied to deeb's quote tweet and said offer is still open i will play i'll play airball with him sitting with his entire net worth in front of him and i'll crossbook lin g's net worth and uh brown Bala's <laughs> net worth on the side oh my god with oh my them god. He said, "Offers open, banks open. Like anytime you guys want to do it." How did they not accept? How did they not get any bites? How could they not accept? I don't know, man. I mean, how much is JMO worth? Well, I think he's the reason the World Series isn't at the Rio anymore. (laughs) My God, (laughs) rumor has it. You know, Uh, yeah. No, I don't know. It seems like he did fairly well in the crypto space. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I do think that like, you know, it, the irony of all the grandstanding and uh, the, the, the like bloating of egos that took place from that camp. Uh, and I, I think like whether it was intentional or not, Doug kind of lending a little bit of support there 
just made them feed into it so much more. Like legitimately believing this guy had a fucking fighter's chance. Uh, whenever this is all said and done, like I'm going to do a deep dive on on a lot of the hands that didn't go to showdown and like you know reveal my whole cards and stuff like that. He is stone dead. I, I've never seen such a level one player have so much money available to him that wasn't just a straight recreational. Like it's it's uh it it's one of those situations that as a cash game player sometimes you get lucky to fall into at the end of a session where you've been playing in a big game and only the fish remains somehow and he's up for heads up like it's that compounded over a hundred hours where it's just like i can't believe we're still doing this man like when does it run out do do you i mean in a way sort of thankful the, the way that doug chimed in initially i mean you have to imagine that doug being vocal and having airball on supporting him also led to airball wanting to to definitely play you mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah look i i i don't i don't like that i'm putting all of this i don't like that i had to spend weeks defending myself i don't like that uh i got backed into a corner to play a format that i've never studied before but being somewhat results oriented not even on the fact that i'm winning but more so that the skill gap is much wider than i could have ever estimated um I'm I'm appreciative of everything that's happened since then. Like I'm very thankful for the opportunity to have properly defended myself publicly, which I don't necessarily think I had that voice in the past, either because my platform wasn't big enough or because I was very quickly drowned out by the other side. Uh, I'm very thankful for the fact that I was pushed to learn a new format. And though I'm still not very good at heads up by any stretch of the imagination, I'm at least somewhat competent and being able to speed run training myself in this format that quickly, it, it's meaningful to every other discipline that I take on in poker, be it coaching or playing. Right. So it's nice to take on some of these challenges, especially when they're winnable. Uh, like the notion of like me training up to try to beat Doug just isn't feasible. Right. It, it, he has an entire career of studying heads up that I could just never close that gap. And honestly, like, it will never appear this way to the public because uh, of whatever their perception is of my understanding of the game and the fact that I'm not a heads-up player. But the gap between me and Airball is probably that wide. Yeah, that uh, Lee Jones. I don't know if you saw the super chat, but he I said did. something to uh, to the effect of that. You know, where where where's the Burke? You said that uh, there's a lot of variance in uh, you know heads up, uh, no limit hold'em, and not to bet on you. And I think at the time, I think uh, one point six. One, felt to me right. like a steal and also at the time i i don't think you understood and how could you because you never really played uh airball but like you didn't know what your edge was and i think at the, now you, your your edge is a lot more than what you thought it was coming into this match yeah correct? i mean uh you know for better or for worse and whether it was intentional or not i got the best format suited for me mm -hmm. by a long shot like deep stack with an ante is by far the more preferred uh, structure for me to play this because it's a lot more forgiving of the areas I'm weak and it's a lot more punishing to my opponent in the areas that I'm strong where if we're playing 100 big blinds I'm going I, I'm, I'm just not technically sound enough to do well at those stacks and I would have had to have spent twice as much time really studying the nuance of heads up strategy whereas 
as it stands, I'm still just like studying broad strokes because it doesn't matter that much if I choose 40% on the flop or 25% on the flop. Like my turn strategies are still going to be relatively close, but it matters a fuck ton when you're only 100 blinds deep and you're dealing with an SPR of like six or seven in a single raise pot instead of an SPR of like 40. You know, it's just like, it's night and day. Uh, so I, I do think that like the stars kind of aligned in all of this to allow me to showcase not my skill and heads up because I don't truly believe I have much of any, but more so just my comprehension of poker at a theoretical level and uh, at a very basic level. So like, yeah, for all of those reasons, I, I guess I'm appreciative to be in this spot, but no, I, I, I have no... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to thank Doug for anything because... Uh, you got to give him a little credit. All, all he did was get me involved in a fight that I didn't want. And it's well, like, sure, it worked out in my benefit. A profitable fight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so if I have to give him credit, would I get to blame him then if I failed? Just a tip. <laughs> Just toss him a little cramp. But I'm saying, like, would, 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 I, would I get to blame him if I failed in this instance? Oh, for sure, yeah. Okay, but I wouldn't yeah. is the thing. and and You were free rolling. Right. <laughs> I just never see it that way. Like I would have owned it as my failure and uh, I'm going to own it as my success as well. And uh, I mean, whatever, man, like the instigator role, I, I think that there's a place for it in this sphere. And I do think that this has been very captivating to the audience. I mean, our numbers are through the fucking roof uh, and it's fun to be a part of it. It would also be fun to be an onlooker for it. And I don't necessarily know how this organically recreates itself moving forward, but it does remind me of the old online heads up for rolls days, you know, and we didn't have these platforms available to us back then. So we couldn't get the, we couldn't, uh, poker media was so different. It was everybody just following the WPT interviewing Negranu, Ivy, Greenstein, et cetera, on every single tour. Right. While meanwhile, these 23 year old kids who have way too much fucking money available to them are literally sitting down with like 80% case money at like nosebleed stakes and just banging it out. Like a guy like Isildur would go from being a multimillionaire to broke to back to being a multimillionaire in the course of like a week and a half. Mm -hmm. And all we would have is real heaven to, to kind of oversee it. This challenge to me has been very reminiscent of that. Like you guys only get to peek in through the glass. You don't get the whole cards. There isn't like an easy way to share hand histories. It's both camps kind of just reporting on what's happening. I know it's archaic according to all the tech that we have available to us. But it's been, uh, and maybe I just like have a very romantic view of it, but it's been like so much fun to kind of have a little bit of mystery surrounding this and just have both camps like creating a narrative. Well, I mean, there's, there's more people, I think, tuned in to, to your match mm -hmm. that has none of the, the whole cards. You're, you're, you can't access it. There's more people, I think, wanting to know what's happening there as opposed to what Jungle and Gelfand are doing. Yeah. And you're seeing their whole cards. Right. And, and it's like no one's players. watching. And these are two of the best ever. Yeah. Literally and it's like two of the no best. No one's heads paying up. attention. Right. Right. Very few. Right. But everyone wants to know what's going on here. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's because of that drama that, that led up to it. It's the fight. The fact that they know you guys could actually get into a fist fight any moment <laughs> in, in Resorts World. Right. Maybe not you, but I mean, I could see it. Actually, yeah, you too. Someone could get up and just throw a haymaker. Yeah. It's, it's any given weekend. It's not zero. For sure, it's no. not zero. And I think it's that element, that sort of, that hatred that has everyone wanting to see, okay, what's going on? Yeah. What I, happened? I think there's other aspects of it too that um, are kind of ancillary to that that we don't realize 
uh, have kind of recreated the content space that we delve into. Um, and it's a sole byproduct of this match. Like, the Twitter spaces have been fire. Like, just completely popping off. Not only are they getting, like, large numbers, but more specifically, they're getting a high concentration of very well-known, respected voices in this community. Like, last night, Daniel Negreanu's on there. Uh, you know, this morning, I know Arie was on Charlie Carroll's. Like, these are people who don't always just speak off the cuff publicly in, in a forum like this. And it's become this sort of town hall where, you know, we get the community onlookers that probably aren't ever really going to get an opportunity to speak. But hey, if they raise their hand and there's some dead time, maybe they'll get called on. Um, but more importantly, then we get these community leaders who come from like all different sides, all different camps. And there's actual discourse being had where both parties don't necessarily agree. And uh, each side is being heard out. And, you know, it's creating like some arguments and more importantly, some possible change. Like... I know you weren't actually in there for the real-time thing, but with what happened in um, uh, Dankness's space the other night where Doug kind of came on and was just being like pretty cold and frank about the whole Charlie Carroll thing, like we've seen crazy amounts of fallout from that that in the past I think Doug was just kind of untouchable on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I did miss it. I heard it was quite late, early morning. Um I hope after listening to the space that was posted and then seeing Doug's apology the next day, mm -hmm. I know we talked about this before the, the show. Yeah. My hope is that this is a, a new Doug. Yeah. I hope that he recognizes people have been hurt. Charlie was very hurt. You could, I mean, that, that whole thing was sad to listen to. Yeah. And I think in the moment, Doug was having a hard time maybe recognizing that, but the following day was able to reflect. I don't necessarily think it was all the backlash, although I'm sure that helped. Mm -hmm. It encouraged him to apologize. Prior to that, let's, let's talk about Daniel, who I know you mentioned up on the space last night. Doug did apologize to Daniel for the personal attacks, the referencing over and over of blackface. All of that has been you know, removed. And I think Doug genuinely feels bad. But to be clear, like, that, was all, that was all private that he apologized, right? Not public. It was in our studio, but I think Doug has also been public about it as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was a video like he did with Charlie and whatnot, but right. you know, I, I do think that this could be sort of a, a tipping point, and I hope it is, for Doug to just continue to make amazing content. He's, I believe he's the best in the business that does that. But let's get rid of the hurtful stuff. Yeah, this has to be with 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 his actions, though, right? Like, obviously, th those are words, right? And he can he, anybody can go uh, and get in front of a camera and and apologize and and read off whatever if somebody yeah. wrote that for him. I don't know. Maybe he did himself, but you know it, that's easy, right? It's it's the actions that he takes. You know, it's going today, forward tomorrow, yeah. the next month, and th and through the years uh, of of whether he has changed or whether he you know really does feel the way he he says he did in the apology I, I, that that's my hope i hope that happens i want that to happen mm -hmm. i think you get a better doug out yeah. of it and i'm very much guilty of watching all yeah. of the hit piece think, content that came out all, i think we all are right and i think we can all you know sit here and say hey we don't know we don't know like it's it's, it's easy to say like oh yeah he's changed but like like to to be uh you know of course yeah, yeah. To, to sit here and say hey 
I'm, I'm not sure. Well, I th- Do I, th- I actually see some change? In I think there are actions? things that we can speculate on, right? So uh, I, I understand your point of view, and I, I agree. I think it's better for everybody if that is ultimately what happened. Um, I do think it's kind of tough to expect somebody to completely change their their business strategy, their profile, their mindset, and all that stuff like that overnight. But a jarring incident like this could potentially do that. Um, the pushback I would have is uh, a couple of things that struck me as a bit odd. One, he only posted the apology video to Twitter. And the big aspect or the big maybe the elephant in the room of all of this is that it was his YouTube platform that he leveraged against mm-hmm. Charlie. That video had three quarters of a million views of him basically accusing uh, Charlie of being a pedophile. And more importantly, as recent as high stakes poker, he, he made another sly uh, implication that, you know, Charlie is okay with pedophilia, right? So it's not like we're that far removed, even though the, the, the video and high stakes poker are nearly five and a half years apart. Uh, the second thing is that, Obviously, it's always going to look like a PR stunt, right? If the Twitter spaces wasn't made public and had nearly 20,000 listens, which is also, by the way, fucking insane, right? This thing's been up for 48 hours and it's nearly, it's nearing the 20K listen market. I'd love to know the duration of time people spent listening to. I'm sure. I'll ask Melissa. I'm sure Melissa has access to that. I'd bet it's a very high number. For sure. The most insane part is you have to remember this isn't getting caught in the algorithm. It doesn't have a thumbnail. It's no. not even video Sh- form. People go people in there sharing to the fucking hear. link. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So like our community definitely does a good job of like, uh, you know, passing information along. But uh, aside I, from the fact that it looks like a PR stunt, I think that um, what becomes a little bit problematic now is that he is like sort of insulating himself from his YouTube community. Right. So he has what half a million followers, give or take. I'm sure there's a big overlap in the Venn diagram between his Twitter followers and his YouTube followers, but it's not one-to-one. Right. For sure. He's right. missing a big chunk of the audience his, that was exposed. His apology got uh, 412, shout out to Pittsburgh, 412 uh, <laughs> uh, views. But look at the video. It only has like 80,000. Uh, oh, yeah. The video itself, uh, 106,000. Okay. Right, so, right. Right. So it's it's uh, one-seventh. Yeah. So it's uh, basically uh, it's like, only and, been, and, It hasn't even been 24 hours, though, either. Right. Uh, and I'm not saying. No, right. Right. Uh, by the way, I'm not saying that he shouldn't right, do right. something but on even YouTube if it doubles that makes or sense. Triples, even if it doubles or triples, that, that's still. And, and it's still not not even half of, yeah. of, it, it of just, the viewership. And it is not one. Yeah. It just doesn't right. do as well. So, like, the fight video of mm-hmm. me and Airball. Uh, got just shy of a million views on Twitter, and that's the most viral thing that in recent memory that I can think of from from uh, Poker Twitter. Well, the double bird person probably, was, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, also that's got five million on YouTube alone. That was, was what I was about wow. to say. Yeah. If you put the fight video on YouTube, though, on a platform that has any level of following, it'll do triple those numbers mm-hmm. for sure. Like without any questions, uh, uh, you know, we should probably upload it as a short. To be honest, now that I'm talking out loud, um, <laughs> but. That, so that's kind of my thing. Those two things kind of coexist in a way where it does feel a little bit less genuine to me and a little bit more disingenuous from Doug's side. And then the final nail in the coffin was last night's space. Fee was directly asked by somebody, uh, you know, do you think that Doug would have ever apologized had that Twitter space has not been made public? And he emphatically said no, and then carried on and said, not only would he not have apologized, but he was correcting calling out Charlie's behavior with that tweet and, uh, you know, basically doubled down on the fact that 
this is what their camp believes. Like their camp does believe that Charlie is uh, victimizing himself in order to gain a following. They do believe that he is engagement farming and uh, utilizing social social media in a divisive way. Uh, and they believe they're doing the Lord's work by calling it out. It went so far as, and I don't know if you have this clip, uh, where Fee, like I challenged it. I couldn't, I couldn't sit back and listen to him just say, you know, uh, enough, uh, uh, like basically not acknowledge the, the, the past terror that Charlie had experienced. Uh, so I pushed back and I just simply said something that I thought would be hard enough hitting where I was like, listen, I only have one thing to say. I need to remind you something. This man, wait, 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 <laughs> this man as a child was raped by his grandfather. Like let that set in, not Charlie Carroll. Now the 27 year old or whatever, as a defenseless child, he was molested by his grandfather. And this was fee's reply. Yeah, just no, he's right. You're right. He was raped by his grandfather. A terrible tragedy that happened to him and only him that I could never relate to because no tragedy has ever happened to me. It's just been all sunshine and rainbows. Didn't and, say that and he gets any, terrible no, 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 you're right. Too. He gets carte blanche. He just gets carte blanche. No matter what, I can't say anything to him. He didn't do he's anything the universe. damaging. Uh, yeah, just no, he's right. You're right. He was raped by his grandfather. A terrible tragedy that happened to him and only him that I could never relate to because no tragedy has ever happened to me. It's just been all sunshine and rainbows. Didn't say that so to me that is so tone deaf and so far removed from any level of compassion empathy or comprehension of what it is to be human and it's so single-minded and single focused on this weird reality where through that lens everybody is out for their own and everything anyone ever does or says or acts upon is simply for their their own betterment right like it's clear in fee's words that he doesn't believe charlie is capable of being sincere in the pain and trauma that he struggled through and he believes that it's just a means to acquire guilt and compassion from his audience so that he can then leverage that or weaponize that in the future against others and i just find that to be so far removed from like what a, a good human being would ever perceive that it's really difficult for me to then buy into a shallow apology read on air that is a full 180 yeah, from I, the day I, before viewpoint. Listen, I, I told what what fee just what you just shared there was I mean that's pretty fucking disturbing, man. I mean yeah. there was no sign of of empathy there. It was sort of mocking charlie in a way yeah. Still. 100%, yeah and that that you know that sucks what he just did that, that, that's awful but i don't want to automatically assume that these two doug and fee and i don't know this and i don't think you know this either are they are they best friends are they holding hands are right. they You're talking right. every, i don't know their relationship sure i know they were business partners maybe still are mm -hmm. but i don't i can't say that they're the same person so what we heard from ryan fee there has nothing to do with Doug's apology. Yeah, that's fair. And whether it was genuine or not. I believe it to be genuine. I, and I should say, I hope that Doug's apology is genuine. Fair. And that's my stance. Yeah, I, yeah. I hope he's bettering himself as a person. I think we all as hope As a that. direct right, result. Yeah. Of we that. definitely all hope that because right. as Brian said, like the actions moving forward will back the apology. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. 
if, that, if that's the main thing. Yeah, if, if the theme of his videos change, if the if the platform that he currently has is now utilized in a different manner, then like mm-hmm. I think we all want that. Right. Right. I don't right. understand do you, do you, Ryan Fee. Do you though. learn from the lessons? Do 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 you learn from all the what is happening? And the only way to know if someone has is is about what they do in the future. Of course. Right. Of course. I, but the 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 Ryan Fee thing though. I mean that is just. I mean that's pretty disturbing. Yeah. I, I had no idea what type of person he is, or I mean, but those statements there as a direct result of, you know, how hurt Charlie was on that spaces that was posted on YouTube, followed up by then Doug's apology as a direct result from that, and for Fee to come in with that and that sort of tone, I mean, Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's like look, yeah. uh, I I I don't want to say I understand in a way that makes it seem like I'm forgiving Fee or or letting him off the hook. But I understand that hardened mindset, right? I don't know Fee's background, and maybe he's been through a lot of shit. Very fair. Right? And, uh, you know, I can only speak on my own personal experience. I I very much subscribe to that Goggins mindset of, like, just get tougher, be disciplined, be grounded in the things that you can control and move forward and things like that. But you can't go so far to that extreme that you forget that you're human and that you forget that... Others are suffering as well. And that, you know, compassion is a big healing element to just like navigating this fucked up life, right? So be hard in the things where being soft is a detriment, but don't be so hardened that you can no longer connect to other individuals, right? That, that's, that's kind of the part of this where he loses me, right? It's very easy if I hear somebody like saying, I can't. I can't, I can't. And it's followed by like some bullshitty excuse of, uh, you know, this, this doesn't allow me to, or this happened and therefore I can't moving forward and yada, yada, yada. It's like, yeah, okay, man, like toughen up a bit, you know, life's hard, wear a helmet, let's fucking go. You can't do that last rep. I bet you can like, you know, like let's fucking get it in. Right. But when you're talking about somebody who, uh, again, to bring back, bring it full circle back to, to Charlie's, uh, speaking on that space, what, what compelled me to want to jump in was not even necessarily what was being debated between he and Doug. It was the sheer pain in his voice, right? Like when, when he got to the point of saying like that fucking destroyed me, man, it was such a cry for like, just meet me halfway here and understand that you did some damage to me. That part was just like, it, it's so hard for me to understand how somebody could listen to that and not just have a human moment of saying like, what the fuck are we doing I here? think that's what everyone was, was feeling was, right. oh God, Doug, just say sorry right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Do it right now. Yeah, and he yeah. had multiple, multiple chances yeah. to and, do and, that. And, right. Uh, you know, it didn't happen, mm-hmm. yeah. but it did the next day. And I, again, I, I just hope it was real. And I, and I, I think it was. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. yeah, over the course mm-hmm. of the next sure. however many months. We definitely will find out. Uh, and yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how all this moves forward. I am interested to see, like, what keeps happening with these spaces. Like, these things all started as, like, post-game wrap-ups mm-hmm. because there was no access to the match, right? So, like, everybody... It, it didn't even start as, like, everyone had their camp. It just started with Veronica firing up a space and Dankness firing up a space here and there, right? And it kind of started to be this thing where... Uh, I mean, to be fair, like their side just wanted to do a lot more talking. So I think it was like pretty evenly split where whoever ran the space that night, you were going to hear from Airball. You were probably going to hear from Vertucci. Sometimes you would hear from Feldman. Uh, and then you would hear from a host of other people that may potentially have bet on, on the match. 
um, once I decided, like I'd spoken to, to Will on the side and I was like, look, man, like I love what you're doing. I'm always tuning in like just incognito so nobody knows that I'm there. But let me know when you fire the next one up, I'll hop in. It just happened to be the first time that I had a big win. And I hopped in and it was like, you know, this is the first time we're kind of hearing from your side. And it started to get a lot more neutral. You, you could see some neutrality in, in the mix, uh, albeit like there wasn't a lot of representation from the airball side, but like he was either in the space prior or after or whatever. It doesn't really matter. And Veronica's kind of started to steer very one-sided, right? Like you, you go into a Veronica space and like you're just sure it's going to be uh, airball and the HCL crew and definitely nobody from my side. Like Melissa's not in there, Landon's not in there, et cetera, et cetera. All of this is fine. Um, what I find to be fascinating about it is that we've taken this like sort of old uh, derivative of late night talk radio mm -hmm. and we've turned it into this thing that is almost more popular than its, its video format rival, right? Like people are doubting, like it, it's the Joey investigation 24 hour long stream <clears throat> where they're just all there to like kind of collectively get together, shoot the shit exchange some war stories and get to know each other a little bit better at a human level within the community. And I find it to be very fascinating because I think back to when we were coming up, we only had our little clicks to do this, right? Like we didn't, we didn't have the tech to, to I, I guess maybe Skype a little bit. We had instant messenger. Yeah. And I am mm -hmm. yeah. right a little bit, but like, this is, this is so much different because there are so many strangers involved. And anybody can just jump in. You just open up Twitter and you see there's a space and you click on it right. and then you're in and then, and then you request to speak and, and you might get a chance to speak. Yeah. And I think like it, it kind of came in a full circle where it's like, this feels so archaic in a way, but it actually is kind of the natural evolution of like what we had in Skype and AM, which then became discord, which we're too old for. We kind of missed out on the discord train. Uh, and now discord is becoming this public discord so to speak mm -hmm. uh in these spaces and i just find it to be so fascinating because <laughs> it really is a big hit or miss right like veronica is a great host uh will is a great host landon and melissa tag team hosting a space one night and it was a huge hit and last night eden the quote-unquote sideline reporter which i fucking love that bit uh, I know you're not like big on these I, I heard it one night on my drive uh, yeah. home when I was tuned in. Yeah, right. he'll just like randomly yeah. get the mic and it'll be like, ah, it's Eden Rockstar. You're, you're, just you're making up yeah, yeah. He just like gives some sort of like script and then that's it. He's out. He hosted last night and I got to tell you, this puppy got off the tracks real fucking quick. <laughs> Daniel's in there with a rock hard boner, one Viagra deep. <laughs> wow. And probably like, you know, who knows how much booze was in him at the time. And he's just spitting fire, man. Was it a hockey game or something? I, you know, that's what I was no, thinking, but the no. Knights wrapped. No, they, no, no, the Knights play uh, tomorrow, I think. I think I'm going to text him why he was so hammered. Last yeah, time. I think he just had an off day and him and the wife were just going to have a, Sometimes a, a you good open a couple time. bottles of wine and, you know, you start watching some TV. Yeah, and so, so somehow his foreplay became this space. <laughs> Which is so ironic because, uh, you know, there's been a bunch of spaces where he knows the host, at mm -hmm. least, be it, you know, Landon or, or Jaffe or, or Veronica. But tonight, like, he had no idea. He just plops into a random space, no <laughs> fucking clue who anyone is, and he's just, he's, he's, he's out there philosophizing, you know? How, how do these um, spaces actually work? Like, so if you're, if enough people that you're following or if anybody that you're following um, 
is in, in the there. space, then it'll pop up. It pops up on okay, the right? top of your feet. Right? You don't have to be following the person that's hosting. Correct. It. Right. Yeah, correct. Uh, I, I didn't notice it until Will went in. Right. And as soon as Will went in, the floodgates opened because now everybody who follows Will sees that he's in a space. Yeah. We just assume he's hosting it. Right. So we and jump they, in. They jump in and then, then that's how it expands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, last night, last night got a little lit. Andre got in there. Uh, they mm. started talking Jack for him and Vertucci were at each other's throats. Uh, at some point he got called little jujitsu boy. <laughs> I think they, I think literally there was like a three minute piece where they were just going He's a world champion. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I think there was like a three minute piece where they were just going, fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> man. What a, what a, what a bad one to miss. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't catch Did any anyone. Re- re- I don't maybe know if I was Daniel in there for like a half a second, drunk. maybe. Wait, what? I don't know if Daniel remembers being drunk. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. He said, how'd you know that? I said, well, I'm live right now on Berkey's <laughs> podcast. And said you were a little wasted. Yeah, call in, Daniel. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get your side of the story. Yeah. Uh, and then Haley, uh, D. Peter's girlfriend, uh, Haley Hannah, she, she got in there. <laughs> After the Verducci-Andre thing, she got in there, came in fucking hot, baby. She just comes in and she's like, Andre, shut the fuck up nick is a good dude and who's this host suck my fucking dick wow <laughs> that was it just like dropped the mic and was gone never heard from her again Jeez. wow it was uh, i mean these spaces are fucking unhinged man but i i do want to talk about them a little bit because they're a different format they're a different type of content that that really is kind of drawing out the best and the worst of our most public figures you know we we kind of spoke about this a little bit before but you couldn't, you couldn't set this up. You couldn't say, like, you as Brent Hanks couldn't say, hey, uh, Pogro has this idea for a uh, panel of debaters, and we want to have Doug, Charlie, Matt, Ryan, and Daniel all come in, uh, and we're going to talk about, uh, you know, a hot-button issue, um, whatever that, you know, should you have empathy for pedophiles? Sure. <laughs> it's like, if you gave us all of that, even with four hours' notice, one hour's notice, we are going to come in and we're going to be very diplomatic, mm-hmm. or at least most of us. You know, maybe maybe Fee, maybe Fee has like a bit of an unhinged moment at some point, and uh, maybe it gets a little bit emotional, and that's what you, as the producer, would hope for, right? But with any level of preparation, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, whatever, the the more prep we have, the more filtered that conversation is going to be, and the less likely it is that you're going to get like real raw moments. These spaces are fucking off the cuff, unrecorded, and people just fire. Could you ever imagine that you'd be fighting with your ex like in a public forum? It's, hor- like with, it's horrible. With, with like a thousand people listening? It's absolutely horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. Like, for it's, you, it's, not for the audience. Not for everybody else. Right. It's no. just like nothing that right. I would willingly sign not. up to. Yeah. Uh, but, right. But it just happens organically. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. I mean, at some point, at some point, what's being discussed uh, overtakes whatever your previous re- mm-hmm. relationship is with the other person, right? So when it's your reputation, your character, your integrity that's being challenged and discussed, now it doesn't really matter who the other individual is that's doing it. Mm-hmm. At some point, like you just have to get in there and poke holes in an illogical argument. And, and that's honestly what happened. And it's nice that it was a scenario where I could defend myself, right? Because this easily could have been a space where the host is never going to give me the mic, right? It's not a neutral ground. It's somebody else's. And, you know, that's just going to live on. And maybe it even gets recorded. And now all of a sudden, 
effectively what happened when Lynn went on the Vertucci podcast, right? It was just 90 minutes of them ping-ponging back and forth, character flaws and uh, challenging my integrity and all this other stuff, kind of sandwiched in between like the occasional, but I don't think he's a scammer, right? <laughs> so it's like uh, these spaces really do offer the opportunity for a lot of chaos, but both sides to be heard in the process of the chaos. And I just kind of wonder, like, you know, you're very much in the content creation space. You're very much, your balls deep in, in trying to know what the community wants and get it to them. Where does something like this fit? I think it, I think a hot mic at any time of day or night is, can be dangerous. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, the, even just the way you described Daniel last night, just coming in hammered. Right. At whatever time and night, <laughs> right. you know. It, it is, he really it, behaved himself. Think about how many people are out there like that, mm -hmm. tuning in, wanting to grab the mic, and will just say something off the cuff. And that, as dangerous as it is, that's also sort of the point. Right. And that's what Twitter Spaces is. Now, I've also tuned into some Twitter Spaces for, say, college basketball. Mm -hmm. And you get a... Uh, you know, you, you, you get a sharp out there talking about his expectations, what he saw, this sports, you name it, these things are happening. Right. But it in is, those instances, it's only like three or four speakers and no one else is ever going to get the opportunity, mm -hmm. right? A lot of the time, it's, you know, they'll bring in maybe five people at a time, yep. something like that. Yeah. Very, I don't think it's yeah. too different than what Jaffe's been doing either because he's been selective as far as who he's bringing in, right. who he wants. I mean, there's a rhyme and a reason for why do we want this guy to talk? Berkey, you make a lot of sense. You're a headliner. My God, you got the cat all over you right now. <laughs> I mean, this is just too the, much. Uh, the, the, these spaces have been uh, pretty popular for a while in like, the crypto space. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So there like, there's, a yeah. Lot, there's a lot, especially like, when things are happening. NFTs. They jump on, right. They jump on. They talk about certain projects, uh, you know, certain things that are happening in the market. And then there's, yeah, there's a, usually a few experts and maybe a guest or two. And then, uh, you know, everyone else is just listening. There's also, uh, as, as a listener... You sort of want it. Like I get excited when Will opens it up to the floor, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you're hoping that some absolute <laughs> lunatic comes on and says you, you something. You want a Jersey Joe type, or, or like the guy the one night that was playing those crickets. Oh, yeah. Like what? I don't know what that was all about, but yeah. you're you're just waiting for something weird, obscure. All right. As a community, we need to work together to get Cuz into one of these yeah. one of yeah. these spaces. There you go. Yeah. Because yeah. Cuz will just he's gonna give everybody a piece of his mind. Or get we're Jimmy gonna, D in it. there, you know, late night from his villa at Caesars, just sure. blasted on all sorts of ketamine, whatever it is. <laughs> turn him loose on the mic. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I like it because it, there can be chaos, but yet there's also order. Yeah, and you get to the you get to the meat of the matter right away. Here's these are the folks we want on here talking. Mm -hmm. Turn them loose, and then once it's settled, okay, open the floodgates for a couple of these guys on the floor. Bring them in. It really does require a good host who has a, a decent sense for when too much is or yeah, when, like when enough down. is enough. You can mute people. Yeah, you yeah. Can, yeah, you can have control. You need to have the little bit of control over the situation. I mean, yeah. I've heard that with Dank too. Like uh, I think it was one night Sean Deep came in. And Dankness just shut him off. Deeb was Sean Deeb was talking, and <laughs> he, just clicked, he just clicked. He does the it all the time. Off. It's such a fun bit, man. It's so good. It's such a fun bit. Honestly, yeah. having done this podcast for a year, what I realize that I appreciate the most about this, about the show that we ripped off in Pat McAfee show, and everything, it's the bits. It's the long-standing bits. The, it's being a part of the inside joke as the mm -hmm. audience that like, I appreciate so much. And as, as the host and the content creator myself, it's like always working the angle in your head 
of like, oh man, how can we get it back to like, you know, a tortoise joke here or, uh, you know, somehow tie this up with Conrad's tab Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, (laughs) letting everybody in on the bit is so, so enjoyable. Um, that does remind me of another conversation, like what actually led to the Charlie conversation crazy enough. Uh, Doug and I were kind of having it out prior and you, you almost certainly didn't hear this part, but, um, we were going at it for quite some time and he basically accused us of having an echo chamber here, which I didn't push back on because I know it's a common criticism and, uh, it's probably a fair one. Not in the sense that we've curated an echo chamber necessarily where we have a pre-production meeting and say like, okay, now all you guys are going to jump on board my opinion or anything like that. But the show we modeled this after, the Pat McAfee show, it very much is a fun, free-flowing type of conversation where the host is the one in in McAfee that is uh, privy to all the topics and, you know, does all the heavy lifting. He does all the hard work. He is an expert in a lot of regard being from the NFL and in this instance, you know, I, I, I am a part of this community pretty, pretty heavily. Uh, and then he, uh, he amplifies the voices of his cast by giving them, um, I, I guess, like credit, right? Like because they're a part of this cast, he's entrusted them to have an opinion on these topics that he's well-versed in, right? And I do feel like that's a lot of what this is. Uh, is there ever pushback? Of course. There's going to be plenty of moments where we don't disagree. But I think a big part of like any functional relationship is conflict re- resolution. And I think the fact that we're all friends, we're pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really push back too hard on his criticisms. Uh, and I didn't even point out the fact that like everything he's ever put out is obviously a byproduct of an echo chamber. Like nobody's ever challenging Doug. That's the big running joke is that everyone in the community is terrified to challenge Doug because they may get a video made about them next. That's literally the definition of an echo chamber. Um, but what it carried on into was him basically saying like, you should do the exact opposite. And, uh, one thing led to another and dankness was like, are you asking Berkey to do a debate show together? Like to host a debate podcast, like similar to first take. And it kind of arrived at him saying like, yeah, like I, I think that that would crush, uh, you know, basically like it's an extended offer. Like if you want to do a one-on-one type of podcast, like I think we would crush it. I immediately shot that down, but I'm curious of like what your vantage point is before I get into the reasons why I think it's a bad idea. I remember we did pilots years ago for talk show type formats. In fact, Doug came in. He was one of the people we talked with. Um, That type of show was one that we looked into is something that we would put on poker go. Mm-hmm. I think the issue you're going to face if you were to do it. And I do think Doug, you know, if you and Doug were to do this, yes, it would work. It has to be free. It has to be on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It has to be consistent. You have to have, you know, some sort of cadence. Is it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever it is, the two of you ultimately would, would be working together. Right. Even though you're going to differ a lot, and I actually think you would agree on a lot, as crazy as that sounds. That's what everybody kind of says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you're working together. And I, I just I don't see that relationship doing so well, unless, of course, you did shake hands prior and say, okay, let bygones be gone. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. I, it would work. I, I think you guys would have a pretty good show. Your sentiment is very similar to mine, and it's why I immediately said no. So I don't think there's any problem with this format. I think that we identified that there was no daily content in the poker space and we filled it nicely. Um, 
And, you know, again, I don't mind. Like, it's not like I would see it as dissension if somebody was in here challenging me. You're one of my oldest, closest friends. And in a lot of ways, uh, when you come on on Tuesdays, it is to provide an outside voice that maybe disagrees with some of my perspective. Sometimes it might even just be to devil advocate, right? Like, I know in a lot of situations, we probably do personally agree, but for business reasons or just for a better product, it works well for you to play devil's advocate. And I'm fine with that. I enjoy it. Like I, I texted you last week where we kind of had a pretty big back and forth about Doug where we didn't agree at all. And I was like, I think that was a really good conversation, right? Even- and I, but it was also genuine. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't think uh, since we started coming on here on Tuesdays with Jeff and I, it's not like we made a point to be like, you know what? I'll go the opposite way. Right. No, right. It, it just so happened that everything we've talked about has been, I, I see a different angle than maybe you do. Or, yeah. or I think that, you know, <laughs> With the Doug thing, I think you are too mad sure. at what he's done. And sure. I think there's a there's a time and a place when I, I remember I asked you, when will you shake his hand and just let it go? Right. You said and probably never. That leads me to this point. Yeah. So as we were fleshing this out, I said there's a one simple reason why this show could never work. And the reason being is that we disrespect each other on different levels. So I basically said, Doug has absolutely no respect for my standing in the community in any capacity. He doesn't think I'm good at poker. He doesn't think I'm knowledgeable about the game. And he doesn't think I'm competent enough to teach anybody. I have no respect for him as a human being. I think he's low on integrity. He's low on morale or morality. And, uh, you know, he basically is very bottom line driven. And that doesn't align with my worldview. So if he has no respect for me as a professional, and I have no respect for him as a man, We'll never disagree in a meaningful way, right? We'll never be on, like, when you look at first take, uh, or, or like, is that, which one's the one with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless? Uh, not part of, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, whatever. First things first. First things first, yeah. When you look at those oh, wait, shows. that's Nick Wright's show. Sorry. Whatever. We, we don't I know what you're talking about. But yeah, <laughs> when you look at those shows, you have to assume that they have a working professional relationship where at a bare minimum, they respect each other as professionals right? We don't. We don't see eye to eye as professionals at all, which is kind of ironic because I actually do have a lot of respect for him as a professional. I think he's very good as a businessman. I think he's a very good poker player. I think he's very sharp. He doesn't have any respect for me in any of those regards. Okay, fine. That's fine. No, he openly said that. Oh, it could be a bit though. No. Literally while we were having this conversation, he said, I agree. (laughs) Okay, fair. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, there's he no never pushback. breaks character right yeah. there's, he he openly he is that person four or five times in that space he went out of his way to say i don't think berkey is a bad guy in other words he respects me as a person okay followed by i do think he's a terrible poker player and a bad coach oh he just wants to play your heads up no that's he's never baiting. gonna happen he's baiting no he's not it will literally never happen but the whole point i'm trying to arrive at is that the show can never function nor ever have any level of of longevity when our disagreements are on totally different platforms, right? So if I'm steering a conversation down the path of ethics or morality, and he's redirecting that conversation down the path of pedantic uh, semantics or, um, you know, leaning into some sort of technicalities or uh, technical application of a skill set, we're two ships passing in the night. We're not even having the same conversation. And what I ultimately said was there is no interest in good faith debate. And that's the only way these shows can function. 
And ironically, everybody listening was like, no, no, no. That's what would make it good. And it's like, you fucking sickos. All you want to do is watch two, what I would deem to be intelligent, good poker Just players. Fight. Argue in bad faith. Yeah. It's like, this is, do you understand? This is literally what every one of you complain about when it comes to Twitter is that all the arguments are so obnoxious to read because they're all done in bad faith. Yeah. It's like, you really want that show once a week, once a month, three times a week? Who knows? And the answer is yes, because they just want fucking blood, man. <laughs> like, they yeah. just want blood, but they only want it for a certain duration. It all has an expiration date. Where, like, something like this, I don't think does. We're just a bunch of guys who like each other that are in the same space and are interested in talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, we want to give as many flowers as we do criticisms, but we want to make sure that we cover the gamut every single time that something newsworthy comes across. And I think we do a pretty good job of it. So, like, I don't have any interest in filling all of the gaps in this space. But I do kind of think that that show has legs, just yeah. not with us. Mm-hmm. I think, I'll, I mean, we went through a lot of, <laughs> we did these pilots. Every, so first thing, every show, including what you've openly stated, is a copy of something else. Of course, of course. So, you know, you're, you're going to be copying first take or you're going to be copying a show like that, running through a set of uh, topics you want to go over, having a discourse back and forth where ultimately you have differing opinions. Right. And hopefully you're two entertaining characters that are intriguing and people love to hate or love to watch and enjoy. You know, like I, I think most people despise skip bayless and that's sort of the yeah. point yeah, yeah right yeah um so yeah i mean it would work uh, it certainly would work i just don't know <laughs> you wouldn't last long man no <laughs> well one of us wouldn't last long for sure <laughs> yeah right because um yeah two it, go it would, in only one comes well, out it would just always devolve to either me calling his character in question or him mm-hmm. calling my professional ability right. in question right and, and that's just like no way to actually have a reasonable exchange, mm-hmm. right? Like no matter what, when you're talking about these shows, they have to come from a foundation of respect somewhere. People would like, yeah, it would be entertaining for at least a little bit of a duration of time. But then yeah. like nobody would come away with feeling like they like learn something or, or have a different perspective or it would just, it would just kind of like go into their camps and then like, you know, you, you don't, you don't get any value from it. Right. And that's the thing. When I think about it, it's like, well, who would make for a good pairing in this regard? Nothing really jumps out at me. I was literally trying to think of that. Like, no, while you were, while I, I mean, I, think, and I, I can't think of anyone. Ali Najad would fit into something like this very well. It's just a matter of who that other person is. It very well could be a guy like Doug Polk. Sure. I could see um, that a little bit. Um, I, especially because, like, now you kind of change the professional arc. Right, like Doug doesn't have to respect Ali's ability as a poker player because he's clearly a professional commentator and very like top of the top of the top when it comes to that. I, I actually think that like he's very well spoken, very opinionated. That actually could be a potential good pairing. Yeah, and Daniel's another easy one. He's extremely well spoken, understands, has different perspectives and everything. He's very confident in what he believes in. And See, I think Daniel and I would be a better pairing. Uh, agreed. I, I think you guys would be great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm just, these are personality types out there that I think would do a really nice job. Maybe mm-hmm. airball in that and environment. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to be very articulate. Too. You, have to, you have to speak well. That would just be a roast, man. Sholman <laughs> <laughs> would just be, <laughs> just be filleting uh, this guy. <laughs> fucking grotesque. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's not many the most in the industry. Thing honestly. you've ever seen, bro. right? Which is crazy because there are a lot of opinions. It's a very opinionated industry. Mm-hmm. But I agree, like it's difficult to find that 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 pairing where the the personalities clash just enough. But there's a mutual respect there that allows them to kind of find some sort of common ground. Because I think like the what the worst part would be is when we agreed. I think it would still be bad. Like I think it would be a a, a drag them out, knock them down kind of fight to agree where we almost like dislike each other in such a specific way that agreeing with one another is painful. Mm-hmm. You know, I also, I, I worry that you're going to run out of a lot of topics right now. Oh, yeah. We're in the midst of this hornet's nest, but that goes away. Sure. And you go through dull time. So, you know, that show is going to struggle to maintain audience consistently every maybe, week. I mean, you guys maybe. do this you, every you, day. I know you'd be surprised how, cause people say like, with this shit like what are you guys going to talk yeah. about what is, and there's just always something but that's why we created the next that like was exactly dies, my point though else is that was exactly happen. my point of why we created this structure mm-hmm. because the dull days we're just leaning on each other's character right we yeah have, we have war stories to tell mm-hmm. you know yeah. we could talk about like you're talking about your own experiences exactly. what you did right, last right. the night before is mm-hmm. good enough at times and you're doing that you yeah. know yeah I, that, you don't have to dig very deep yeah, you're going to struggle with that for that particular show you're talking about where Agreed. eventually you just run out. Yeah. Or, or there's two weeks goes by and like, shit, we don't have much to go back on here. Yeah. Yeah. I also like selfishly don't want to see a show like that created because it does, it, it almost forces the dynamic of singling out individuals and just like putting them on blast. And that's okay if you're talking about deadbeats that owe a bunch of money or people who are cheating and stealing. But when we start to look for that type of behavior in order to keep the content train rolling, it gets really fucking ugly. Well, Doug would be really good at that, though. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> very good at it. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> or at least the fear, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did think it was kind of interesting. Uh, I think your perspective... I, I, I'm a little shocked, actually, to, to hear that, you know, we're, we kind of align on this. I would have thought that... Uh, you thought he'd be all for it? Yeah, because like these are the things that really capture eyes. But I, mm-hmm. I think we both agree it's only like short term. It would not last. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's also like you said, you've 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 thought about this concept before. Oh, you you man, understand we did. the, I, I the dynamics. How many pilots of it. we did with various right. people and different right. so show you already, concepts? You already and, know how how this is going to play and out. And we never we never aired one. Yeah. I mean, and there were a couple that were going to be hits. I, I think that were going to be good and stable and and you know you could do it twice i think our, Are they, our goal uh, was twice a week some of these episodes buried in a vault somewhere no they were never we just did a pilot oh, oh, episode okay. of everything what happened to them yeah there's pilots out there it's, it's, we stopped no i mean no, really, the where did they go oh the footage yeah. oh we must have them somewhere that's what oh, i'm yeah. saying there's got to be a vault that's somewhere with these yeah poker yes. needs to like utilize mm, the youtube into you, the you vault get, yeah footage. into yeah. the vault footage mm-hmm. man oh. yeah i will tell you one of the things we piloted Ended up being a show elsewhere. Okay. They took the idea. Yeah. And these two, it wasn't, too, this was, this is a debacle. Actually, I, I don't know if, I, I can't talk about much of this publicly, I don't think, but yeah, yeah. one show we piloted, they ended up taking this concept and doing it on another platform. Mm. It didn't last long and it fell apart. And then two new people were kind of involved and then eventually it just shut down. Right. It was a podcast. Okay. So I, that's all I can say yeah, about yeah. it. But no, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> Remind, I don't know why it reminded me of this. and It's probably not a, a little bit of a painful memory to bring up. This but. person came and exited and also was targeted by 
a lot of people, there was a lot of bullying involved here as well, mm-hmm. whether it was warranted or not. Yeah. And now it's no longer in the community. Okay. So hashtag king. Was not, certainly was not hashtag. <laughs> I'm fucking around, obviously. No. Um, it, it reminds me of the, the early days of Poker Go. Do you guys remember when you did that show with, uh, with with Helmuth yeah. and w- somebody from ba- somebody from Saturday Night Live. Oh, the, I love that. Wasn't po- something like it the was basement? Po- uh, Poker Nights. Poker yeah, Nights. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was. I forget the comedian's name that was in it. He was on Saturday Night Live a bunch. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like six minute episodes yeah. or whatever it were. Yeah, oh yeah. man, I loved. It. it was actually funny. It was. It was an experience. Yeah. to say the least. Uh, Chris Parnell. Chris Parnell. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I actually find him to be quite funny, so it, it did have some redeeming qualities to it. But yeah, those early days of content creation are very, very far cry from where we we're sampled at now. a lot. Yeah, we did yeah. a lot. That's good. All right, let's get out of here. Um, quick reminder to everybody: uh, we've released the second half of Matt Hunt's Primer 2.0 on the website. It's not up yet. It's not up yet, but it'll be up. <laughs> it'll be up later today. It'll be up I, later think, today. I think the videos are currently being uploaded. Okay, episode or sorry, lessons five through twelve will be available for viewing. So that's another full course for you guys at solve4ytv.io. If you don't already have a membership, you can sign up now and get six free weeks. That is a two week free trial plus one month free utilizing code SICKDAY. Uh, also, we have, I think, four seats remaining for the MTT Academy. Mm-hmm. That is May 24th to the 27th. Uh, it's going to be a four day long academy. Each day will represent a different phase of the tournament, culminating in a final table. That'll be led by our lead instructor, Matt Hunt, the MTT guru. He'll be giving you all of the insights on ICM, prepping you for the WSOP in a very meaningful way. If you're interested in that, head to academy.solferwide.io, click on the banner above, and you can get more information or sign up if you're ready to purchase a seat. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Brent, thank you as always for the discussion. Uh, Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment below. Let us know a little bit about what you think of these Twitter spaces, what you'd like to see more out of the podcast sphere, and maybe out of these space spheres. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow at the normal time, noon Pacific, joined by the one and only Matt Hunt for Strat Chat with Matt. We'll be going over the biggest hands from this past weekend's uh, match against Airball divulging a few uh, quite sizable pots that we played. So be sure to stay tuned for that. We'll see you guys all tomorrow. Peace.